You are listening to a sermon podcast from Kingdom City. We pray that over the next few moments, you will be blessed, equipped, and empowered to bring the reality of God to your world. Come, why don't we just lift up our hands to God? Let's pray. We want to lift Him up. We want to lift Jesus Christ. If you're online or you're in the room, why don't you just lift the name of Jesus? You came to hear the voice of God. You came to receive a word from God. You came because your heart and your life needed a word that came out of the mouth of God and spoke into your situation. Why don't you say, God, I want that word. God, I need that word. God, I receive that word. The word that comes out from heaven to earth, from the very mouth of God, the word that is is manna and food that feeds my spirit and my soul. I long for that word, God. We pray that you will bring that word. And then we speak, Holy Spirit, will you come and just hover over us, Holy Spirit. Would you come, you, with your creative force? Holy Spirit, be here in our midst. We don't want to walk in our own ways. We don't want to think in our own thoughts. We want it to be so deeply mixed with what the Spirit of God is saying today. So come Holy Spirit, today I take authority over the atmosphere in the name of Jesus. I break every spirit of doubt and unbelief, every spirit of fear and oppression. I break your hold today in the name of Jesus. Whether you're online or in this room, I release an anointing and a power of God to come upon you. For this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day He has chosen to bring His presence into your life. I declare, I decree that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Whoa. It's awesome. Fantastic. Please be seated. Welcome to all of you who are watching online as well. It's great to bring the Word to all of you. I, I was listening to Pastor Mark talking on regathering, the five parts of regathering. Um, I was amazed how his voice became more and more Malaysian as the weeks went by and how his jokes changed. Uh, um, and I, I was listening to the last part uh, last night uh, at about one in the morning. Uh, I just wanted to make sure I finished it before I came so I knew what was happening and what you were listening. I was just laughing so much at one o'clock listening to him, all right? But he was a powerful talk when you talk about the wonder of worship. And then the worship came and I just spent time worshiping God uh, and, 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 and that, that message, you know, and wherever you are, you want to regather after those five messages, you don't have much of a choice, do you? All right, to come into the presence of God, there's something powerful when we come together, when we are in the room, when we're worshipping God, there is a move, there is a presence that you need and that is so powerful. So receive that word. If you haven't, you need to go and listen to all the five parts of the regathering um, that, that Pastor Mark spoke about. Today I want to speak a message which I call Reclaiming the Championship. All right, still talking of the re-series, but it is time for us to reclaim the championship. 
sometimes we forget the championship and the, the battle that Jesus fought on the cross. And it is time for you in your personal life, in your health, in your home, in your city, in your job, to not just take the seasons as they come, but to reclaim the championship within that season and that time. The best picture of championship you have is of course David and Goliath. That's the best picture we have in the Bible. I'm not going to it, but it is in 1 Samuel 17. You can read the story. You know about it. But most people don't realize a few things about David. One thing, he was only 15 years old when he challenged Goliath. All right? So he was a young guy. Where did he get that kind of attitude and spirit? Where did he get that the times, the seasons, the, the, the intimidation did not touch this 15-year-old? The second thing, which may surprise you, is that David was actually from a very rejected background. Do your research on that, all right? Many, many commentators will tell you that he was not a legitimate child of Jesse. He was not. He was one of these children that probably his father had an affair and he was the product of that affair and he was treated as a second-class son within his home. Just, just follow his story. So how come a boy who's 15 years old and rejected in his spirit stand up? Think about this. Stand up before Goliath, who's a huge giant, all right, threatening the armies of Israel could not. But this guy had a champion spirit within him. And church, we need that champion spirit. To handle the times and the seasons, we cannot anymore say, but my childhood was broken. We cannot say, I came from that background. We cannot say, hey, you don't know how hard it was for me. Because in Christ, there is time and season to rise up with the spirit of a champion. And stop making excuses and justification. Why did David get so worked up when he recognized the enemy of his God? It's not your enemy. It's the enemy of your God. And when someone speaks against your God, when someone challenges your God, why doesn't a champion spirit rise up within us to stand against what is spoken against the most high God? That's what I hope and pray that today you will receive as we continue this message. I'm going to start with talking about Jesus, our champion. All right? We're only reclaiming the championship that Jesus won on the cross. I'm going to take you, it's going to become Good Friday and Easter. And we're going to celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus. So it is appropriate for us to look into those passages today. We're looking at Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. I love this. It is so good. All right, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. You know, the handwriting here is talking of the legal documents against you. Because you broke the law, because you committed sin, because of transgression, there is a legal document against you saying you got to pay. Now, we understand that if you broke the law in, 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 in Malaysia, there will be documentations. If you broke a traffic fine, you get a traffic fringe, you will get a document and that is held against you. You got to pay. 
That's what it's talking about. And it says in verse 14 that Jesus on the cross wiped out the legal ground and the legal hole that the enemy had. The enemy no more can say, hey, you broke the law, you will pay. But Jesus, our champion, wiped it out on the cross. It was against us, but he removed it. Verse, he continues to say, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. On the cross, he nailed it to the cross. The enemy has no more a legal ground over here. So it's not only a moral ground because I sinned and I feel so guilty and I feel so shameful. Yes, the blood washed you from the moral ground, but it also broke the legal ground against you. It could not anymore hold anew. The verse doesn't stop there. I like the next part. And I think that's what I want to bring to your attention today. In verse 15, he says, having disarmed principalities and powers. When we see the word principalities and powers, it is talking of princes, demonic princes, that have authority and power over different regions in, 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 say, in our society. So the enemy tries to hold because of sin and because of the opportunities given to him, he tries to bring in and bring in princely, demonic, dark, princely rule and authority and hold it over a nation, over a university, over a school, sometimes over a business, sometimes even over a bloodline. And he goes, I've got the right here. And he he goes, we're taking over. But look at this verse. It tells us having disarmed. Suddenly Jesus stripped him of of all the authority and power, the schemes. No more could they hold us back. They were disarmed. And then he made a public spectacle of them. He didn't do this quietly. He didn't do this secretly. I'll just attack the enemy. He made it public. Do you know every angel and every demon knows that? They saw it. It was public. When he stripped Satan, when he stripped the principalities in power, took away the authority in power, everyone in the spiritual world saw that. And they realized Jesus had triumphed over the enemy. So here you have, all right, as you prepare for Good Friday, as you take those invitations that Pastor Jemima was just talking about just now, as you invite your friends, do not be afraid because Jesus broke every moral ground, every legal ground, every spiritual ground is broken on the cross. You invite them and the Spirit of God will move and touch their lives and draw them. Nothing can stop us anymore because Jesus disarmed them on the cross. You cannot let the circumstances pull you down to poor me. It is difficult time. You cannot let your anxiety be caught. That's not who you are. It is okay for somebody who doesn't know Jesus and know the truth we just spoke about to be consumed with the times and seasons, but not the church of Jesus Christ. You cannot be in Christ and be consumed by the anxiety and that fear. That's just the enemy lying to you. So if he was disarmed, what is he doing? He's got to deceive you. That's all he's got. A lie, a deception, a feeling. Really? You put your trust on that feeling? 
tomorrow the feeling's gone. Feelings come and go. You put your trust on the Word of God, which is eternal and forever. That's why you keep going back to the Word. That's why you listen to the preaching. That's why you go back to your Bible. Because one thing remains and never changes, the Word of God. How easily we are affected by what we hear and what we listen to. And my question is, did you read the Word? Did you realize God sits in the heaven whether you wear a mask or don't wear a mask? Do you realize the kingdom of God is first? Whether there is a pandemic or no pandemic, the kingdom of God is still what we seek for. No season changes us from that determination in our life. You know, there's a scripture that says Jesus set his face like stone. Look at the words, like stone towards the cross. Everyone was trying to say, no, we won't let you die on the cross. We wanted to, he goes, you cannot move me. I have set my faith. It simply means my heart, my will, my conviction, my loyalties to Jesus are unmovable. We need to set our whole life unmovable to the kingdom of God and His righteousness. No season, no feeling, no time, no circumstances is going to shift us. We will keep moving until the kingdom of God has come into all the earth. You need to realize that is what Jesus did for us on the cross. Every other belief system, I'm going to make a strong statement here, so listen to me. Every other belief system, every other worldview, every other thought, every other feeling that does not come in alignment to the Word of God is a deception of the enemy. There's no neutral ground. It's either God or the enemy. There's no neutral ground. Don't try to play this balancing Christian. I'm just being reasonable. I'm just being logical. No, you be biblical. Hold on to the Word of God. Study the Word until it ministers to you. And that's what we're called to do to bring back the championship. Now, let me talk about reclaiming the championship, taking you to Acts chapter 16 and verse 16. This is great. I love this one. All right? This one's for all of us. You ready? Verse 16. Now it happened. Now it happened. You know what? Now it happened. This is the now. And it's going to happen now. This is the now. It's not tomorrow. It's not someday. Get into the now of what God is doing. Now it happened as they went to pray. Oh, I love that. As they went to pray. Now you're thinking, nothing happened. Maybe you didn't go to pray. That's why nothing happened. Because it happens, it happens when you went to pray. All right, get it. You got to go to prayer. You see, you got to make up your mind and say, I'm going to pray. Things happen when you pray. Things happen when you pray. Otherwise, our Christian life is boring. And you know what? The enemy is not very interested in you. You are no threat to him if you don't pray. But if you pray, he's not interested in you. Go do whatever you want. He can't be bothered. But the praying Christian, oh, let me add something. The praying, fasting Christian, he's like, Whoa, he got your attention. He's like, no. So they went to pray. Everything happened as they went to pray. Okay, 
A certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Verse 17, the girl followed Paul and hers and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She did this for many days. And then it says, but Paul greatly annoyed. I am so glad that word is in the Bible. It means he was frustrated and angry. Church, you need to get angry. You need to get frustrated. You don't just accept the times and circumstances. You get angry as you're going to pray. If the enemy comes, you get worked out. You get angry. You raise your voice. You point your finger because this is an enemy that was disarmed on the cross. This is not somebody who actually has legal grounds on your life and is still trying to come to you. You get angry. And he got angry and he turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. You need to be able to command. All right? Not just live a Christian life. No, command. To command, I must have authority. To command, I must know who I am. To command, my stand is an officer, a general in the army of God. I command. I don't speak. I don't plead. I command. That's what Paul did. He commanded in the name of Jesus. Look at this. And he came out that very hour. Listen. Paul spoke to she, all right? He commanded she, but he came out. Did you pick it up? He commanded she, but he came out. There were two beings there. Did you get that? A he came out. Let's talk about he. When your Bible in Acts chapter 16, verse 16, talks of a spirit of divination, the actual word, ready for this? You're going to love this. The actual word is the spirit of Pythona. That's really the meaning. The spirit of Pythona is the Greek. It doesn't say spirit of divination. What does it mean? In the ancient Greek world and in this city of Philippi, there was a huge temple. And in that temple, there was an oracle. All right? If you watch the Matrix, you know an oracle. All right? There was an oracle that it's same year. This oracle, or if you choose, she would speak words, a fortune teller, a soothsayer, but she was a high priestess in the temple on the hills overlooking the city. And she was the high priestess. And she had a powerful demonic spirit that was in the shape of a thick, strong snake that guarded her temple, whose name was Pythona. So she moved in the spirit of divination and the spirit was the spirit of Python. By the way, our present word Python comes from Greek mythology. All right? So people, when they saw, they just call Python, but it, it's not a demon. It's just a snake. All right, this one is a demon. This is the spirit of Pythona that came. And Paul actually recognized that spirit. Look at this. Paul, who is an apostolic, Epistolic means what? He's bringing in the kingdom of God and challenging the kingdom of the enemy. All right? You know something? You are apostolic. 
Every one of you bring the kingdom of God wherever you go. Your school, your home, your family, your friend, you bring kingdom authority. So the moment you challenge what White Pythona did is it possessed this girl to begin to oppress. You see, it's a Python spirit. Its role is to oppress so that you will not speak the word of God. Do you get that? So what he came is this girl came and she smelled. She was trying to oppress them. She was trying to wear, get them and wear them down because for many days she spoke and she kept saying. Now you may say, but what she spoke was true. No, no, no. In the Greek, you don't get that. In the, in, in the original word, is she spoke with a mocking voice. So what she was really saying is, oh, so you think you are most high. You think you can come in and save this city? Or you think you're Christian, you can come here and tell us about Jesus? Have you heard that before? That's a mocking, that's actually the sound in the Greek language. We don't get it in the English language, but the sound was cynical, was to shut you down, was mocking, was wary, was to intimidate you. That was the sound. And that was what is happening. Are you getting this? All right. Jesus had won the victory on the cross, but Paul needs to reclaim it because the enemy is now attacking. For many of your lives, your personal life, your work life, even here in the city, Pythona comes to try to squeeze the word out of you. Now there are two major roles this demon does. And I need you to do this because I need you to stand up and reclaim the championship. The first thing is it brings demonic pressure and squeezes out, listen, life, joy, praise, and prayer. I, I am so glad and excited that when Pastor Mark was speaking on regathering, he started with prayer and he finished in 5 1 with, with worship. Because Pythona is trying to steal your prayer and your worship. And that's why he said, all right, bring back together, bring back prayer, bring back worship. Let's stand up for God. You see, that's apostolic. We're making Jesus king. We're releasing, not only king of your life or your family, which is awesome, but king of a city. The king of a city. And Pythona comes to squeeze. It's an oppressive force. Some of you may be feeling it now. But don't worry, Jesus, Jesus disarmed him. Jesus, he doesn't have anybody. He pretends, he pretends. He, you give him the opportunity to pretend. So if you say, oh man, this season is so difficult. Pythona goes, oh, I can use that confession. All right? If you go, oh, look at the numbers. Oh, this is terrible. Pythona goes, oh, that's great. He's giving me room. He's giving me just a little bit of space and I can slide in and roll around him and squeeze joy and prayer and life and worship. Some of you cannot stand up and worship. How come we are here with such a beautiful team of worship and music and all the sound people behind us? Everyone here from five in the morning, I was told, everyone here from five in the morning setting up and you can come. Have you ever asked that? Do you think it's your personality? How come we have Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the salvation of Christ, and we cannot rise up and jump and shout because God has set me free? You have to ask that. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't come together. The breakthrough and the salvation, the freedom and joy, 
Ask yourself. Think about it. Why can't I lift up worship? Now, I, I, I was walking through just now and some of you were amazing in your worship. The mask didn't stop you. I was just watching your face. You were lost in the presence of God. That's true. No mask. No regulation. Certainly no virus is going to stop us from prayer and worship. We are going to reclaim the championship. We're going to bring back and reclaim the championship. Let me show you the second thing that this spirit, because in one sense, it's a spirit of divination, and in another sense, spirit of pythona. So the second thing it does is it attacks true words. Divination is words. Now, the gift given to us in the church through the Holy Spirit is prophecy. Prophecy is words. Prophecy is to build, is to encourage. See how beautiful the gift is. It is the Word of God coming and applying into your life or your season or your situation, and it brings life. It brings such a lifting. It lifts you. It brings a buoyancy in your spirit. It makes you lift up your hands and worship God. It makes prayer rise up to you. It makes joy and life come because it's the Holy Spirit who can breathe life into you through the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of divination is the opposite of that. Getting it? He doesn't come to encourage, he comes to discourage. He doesn't come to give joy. He comes to give a weariness in you. And he uses words. Uses words. See, this high priestess, the oracle, she would speak words behind a curtain, if we are told. You cannot see her. You come and inquire and she'll speak words. And she oppressed a people and a city through her words. Now you say, oh, but we don't have a priestess here and an oracle here. Yes, but you have social media. You have YouTube. You have online. What are you listening to? What is the spirit behind different parts of social media? It's just a modern version of the oracle. And people are saying, oh, this is the end of the world. And you go, oh, you know, so reason. And you're opening. You see, the moment you agree with these words, you give power to the enemy. Now, we know this in Scripture because every time you and I agree with Jesus, the power of heaven comes. You know that. You said the agreement with Jesus, every time I confess the Word of God, every time I speak the Word of God, I bring in the presence and the truth of that Word that is written becomes a reality. Well, it happens also in the darkness of demonic kingdom. Every time you agree, He brings fear, He brings hopelessness, he brings depression. He brings unbelief. He steals your desire and your hunger for God. And you think, oh, I cannot anymore. You know, this is too hard. No, you can. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Of course you can. You're given heavenly energy and authority. Ephesians 3 says, out of the richness of heaven, God has energized you in your spirit. So why is this? I can't do anymore. I'm so tired. Where is this coming from? It is not coming from the Spirit of Christ or the salvation in you. So you have to ask where it's coming from because of the words and we become discouraged just like a python. Let me quote Mike Maiden because he actually speaks on it. Listen to his message also. He says, these words come from the pit of hell to oppress and lie to you. That's where it comes from. 
squeezes the life out of you. Come here. Now, we got to finish the story because I'm going to show you the, the reclaiming on, on, on page, uh, sorry, verse 25. So Paul and Silas do this immediately the enemy comes against them. They're arrested. They have a kind of a trial. They're thrown in prison. They're beaten up. Now you'll say, okay, I don't think I'm going to pray if that's what's going to happen, all right? But you see, you need to rise up and pray and challenge the times and seasons. Don't be intimidated by the times and seasons and voice and sound. And do not agree with anything that is not in alignment to the Word of God. So, verse 25, ready for this? Verse 25, but at midnight. Oh, you got to reach midnight. You see, there's a midnight hour, all right? Don't complain. It's only nine o'clock. Don't complain. Ten o'clock. Don't complain. You haven't reached the end of this. God will allow you, Kingdom City, to reach the midnight hour. This, this, this is the darkest moment. This is the loneliest moment. This is that point. This is that point. We all know this. Well, I think I think I will give up. No, I won't give up. I think I will give up. You're reaching that midnight hour. But at this point, at this point, when you have been gone through all and you rise up and say, greater is he who is in me than he who is of the world. In the darkest moment, in the deepest cell, in the pain in your body, you go, no, greater is he who is in me than he's in the world. That's a champion. That's a champion who knows how to pray and praise. Look at, look at this. They were in the midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. In the midnight. The, the, word, is not de, the word is deliberately put there, midnight, to tell you the darkest moment. But it's also the beginning of dawn. The light is just about. Listen. You will reach your midnight hour because the making of a champion takes place at the midnight hour. And your God will let you go to that point. He needs champions. He needs champions. And at that point, as they were singing, the prisoners were listening to them. Verse 26, suddenly a great earthquake. In the New Testament, every time you see an earthquake, like the death of Jesus, every time you see an earthquake, it means heaven touched earth. And the earth shook because the power of God moved in. And these two guys stuck in a prison reached the midnight hour praying and worship and boom, heaven came. And it shook the foundation. You know what's the foundation? The foundations are what Pythona had built over the city. Everything had built. All the years of divination and squeezing was just broken in a moment because Paul and Silas reclaim the championship. And that's your job. Reclaim the championship. Don't be afraid of the midnight hour. Don't be afraid of that moment. Come to that moment. Don't be afraid. Let the foundations shake so that God will be proclaimed. Just a little bit more and I'll close. And it says, it says here, as, as it did, all the doors were open. Think of this. Oh, you go, no luck, no, 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 no opportunity, no chance. Suddenly when they fought this, you see Kingdom City, we have to fight this. 
You don't, you don't think, oh, it's the government, it's the ministry of hell. It's the, no, 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 it's us. We are the only ones who can claim the championship. If you don't like what's happening in your city, look at yourself. You're supposed to break it. You're supposed to change it. Stop blaming, finger pointing, go, I'm the champion, I am here. And when they broke it in the spirit, all the doors opened. Not only did their prison door open, all the doors opened. Not only were they set free, all the prisoners were set free. So every time you break it over your city, your home, your business, everyone gets free from the hold of the enemy and is released and all the chains were loosed. That's who champions are. And I'm declaring to you, you are that champion. You in Jesus Christ are that champion. Don't let the enemy squeeze and oppress you. Don't let the words bring you to discouragement. Don't be afraid that God is taking you to the midnight hour. Keep praying and keep worshiping. And if you haven't, go back and listen to the regathering part one and part five. And, and I listened to the worship last night and I said, I'm doing this. And last night in the room, I was, I was standing up and praying Actually, at the midnight hour, I was praying and releasing them in the presence. That's what we have to do. It is release and set free. I hope today I brought your perspective. You could see the demonic dimension, but you also need to see the kingdom dimension. Jesus took away the legal ground. Don't say, oh, I can't because, you know, I live a really bad life before. He broke it. You say, but I, I, you know, there's just so much in my background. I know there's a lot in my background that would be embarrassing to talk from this pulpit. And yet Jesus set me free. He set me free. He broke the moral. He set me free from my guilt and shame. He broke the legal ground. The enemy has no more legal ground. He cannot bring any accusation to me. But he also broke this principality. He broke the spiritual ground. And it's time to reclaim the championship. It is time, and for some of you, it's in your personal life. For some of you, in the now, as, as the worship team is coming, I'm going to take you one last verse in verse 29. And in verse 29, it says, everyone came running to him. Look at verse 31. So they said, he came and he said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? What must I say? This same guy who chained him, and locked his prison door, has completely turned around. He now wants to be saved. You see, you fight this battle and members of your family will go, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? How do I come to Jesus? All right? You cannot go, oh God, please save them. God's going, reclaim the championship. Claim it in your bloodline. Claim it in your home. Now, I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you in this verse. Look here, 31. Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved you and your household. Look at the word. Did you get that? You and your household. The word household, worship team, not here. I can go on a bit more. All right. You and your household. Household is the word oikos. It means everyone connected to you. Household doesn't mean your own immediate family. It means everyone connected to you will be saved. You know, you know, every morning you go to work, and you buy coffee from the same person, you say good morning, you buy your coffee, they're connected to you. Their salvation is in your hands. All right? Everyone connected to you shall be saved. 
But you see that it was said on the basis of breaking the stronghold of the enemy and bringing in the championship of Jesus Christ. Let's do that. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you have never entered into a relationship with Jesus, we want you to know that He loves you very much. So much that He died on the cross for all of your sins that stood between you and God. If you would like to make a decision to follow Jesus today, all you need to do is to repeat this prayer. Dear God, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I admit that I'm not right with you and I want to be right with you. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. I believe with my heart and confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for saving me and making me your child. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, or if God has done anything in your life because of this podcast, we would love to know. Email us at testimony at kingdomcity.com.